Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. I am Jenna, and it's great to have you here. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that I am a highly sensitive person. And I've gotten a couple emails, not many. I do love when you give me feedback and ask me to do specific episodes. But uh, this one was requested. So shout out to those two people who sent me an email asking me to talk more about the trait of high sensitivity and how it shows up in the bedroom and what HSPs, which are short for highly sensitive person, need. What kind of accommodations are really helpful while we explore our sexual side. So if you don't know what highly sensitive person means, you're not alone. Not a lot of people do, although it is becoming a lot more popular. When I first found out about this, gosh, about seven years ago, maybe even longer, eight years ago, it was much less recognized. I found out that I was a highly sensitive person because my daughter, my oldest daughter, was starting to exhibit signs of anxiety. And I just didn't know how to help her. And so I went and searched, I think I'd been recommended her book for children, The Highly Sensitive Child, a couple of times. But, you know, sometimes you just have to get to that moment of desperation. And she was really stressed about going to a fire hall with the loud sounds. And uh, I just, I just grabbed the book. I think I had bought it and it was sitting on a bookshelf as it happens when you've got two young kids. And I read it with the intention of helping her. And I realized, oh my goodness, I think I've just discovered a huge part of myself and also something that explains so much of my experience as a child, as a teen, and as an adult. And then I had a friend who actually came on to uh, the podcast. You can find our episode, I think it's uh, 23. And she was an acquaintance who moved into my town and we became closer friends because our kids were around the same age. And she had known about this trait of hers for a lot longer than I had. And it was really cool to just witness how she radically took care of herself. I remember her telling me once, I can only do one thing a day. And I thought, wow, one outing and that's it. No more going out at night, just one. I thought, wow. So she really helped me a lot and continues to help me. We frequently text each other around you know anything regarding being a highly sensitive person. And it's just so nice to have somebody in your life who can provide that validation, that it makes sense and you're not crazy. And yes, in fact, we do need to design our lives a certain way to benefit from the positive traits of high sensitivity and also try to lessen the impact of overwhelm and overstimulation, which is normally what we experience. 
So I won't go into all of the everything about uh, being HSP. The term was coined by Elaine Aaron, and the scientific name is sensory processing sensitivity, not the same as sensory processing disorder. About 15 to 20% of the population have are highly sensitive people. And um, she is really the, the one who like you want to go and learn from her. I think she just go to the source. She wrote the highly sensitive child, the highly sensitive person, the highly sensitive person in love. And she also has the highly sensitive person's workbook. If you go to her website, which is hsperson.com, she has a really quick and eye-opening self-test that you can do. I tend to attract a lot of HSPs into my world, probably because I am one and we seem to have some ability to to track each other down. Um, But a lot of the women I serve don't know that they are highly sensitive. And so I often am telling my participants and wanting it more to go take the self-test, especially if I get the HSP vibe from them. Um, Actually, I was going to just read from her website quickly. Of course, you can just go and read it yourself. But I thought, well, we're here. Uh, Here are a few things that she's written to help you just determine for yourself if you may be a highly sensitive person. Are you easily overwhelmed by such things as bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens nearby? Do you get rattled when you have a lot to do in a short amount of time? Do you make a point of avoiding violent movies and TV shows? Do you need to withdraw during busy days into bed or a darkened room or some other place where you can have privacy and relief from the situation? Do you make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations? Do you notice or enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, or works of art? Do you have a rich and complex inner life? And when you were a child, did your parents or teachers see you as sensitive or shy? Not all HSPs are introverts, but a high percentage of us are. I happen to be an introvert and you can also be an empath as well. And of course, there are other, um, you know, there are other things that can, can affect human brains and bodies, including autism spectrum disorder and ADHD. And there are some connections and links, but these are uh, separate. So, okay, where am I here? I, you know, oh, I just wanted to mention another resource. I have recently found a podcast called the HSP Podcast with Julie Bieland, and she also has a highly sensitive community that I've joined. I'm checking out. She's got some other videos and books, and I just really like her vibe. If you search highly sensitive person or HSP, you're going to find a tremendous plethora of wonderful resources and books, and you certainly can find somebody who vibes for you. But if this sounds like you, I highly encourage you to take the quiz. It was profoundly life-changing for me, so validating, and explained just so much of my experience. I can't encourage this enough. And when I understood this more about myself, I saw it in my daughter and now she's 14 and she is light years ahead of me in terms of being able to take care of herself and understand what she needs to thrive. So going into the bedroom, I wanted to share uh, my experiences. Of course, I'm not a 
uh, expert in this in any way, um, but I certainly design my program to be for highly sensitive person people because I find if you do that, then everybody benefits. I believe that highly sensitive people have really incredible gifts for exploring and uh, experiencing sensations in their body and their mind and their soul in the sexual experience. I believe that when they're given the right environment, they can take them and their partners on a really incredible journey to experience a level of depth and richness uh, and meaningful, intentional connection in the bedroom. Um, And if they're not in the right environment, uh, lots of things can happen. You can feel totally numbed out, overstimulated, and actually think that your body can't feel anything. So quite the opposite of what you think is going on. So just, I don't want to pause here. I know this is for highly sensitive people, and I'm trying to be very um, um, specific about talking to highly sensitive people, but this episode will support anyone, even no matter where you are on the sensitive spectrum. Okay, so I'm going to go into three areas, uh, three environments that I believe highly sensitive women in particular need in order to see those gifts take place. The first one is you need the freedom to explore non-traditional, non-media sex formula experiences. And what I mean by that, if you're new to this podcast, I'm always talking uh, talking about this, but we have such a narrowly defined box of acceptable sexual experiences, including oral sex and hand jobs and um, passionate kissing and intercourse, um, the genitals, the breast, the bum. It's very narrowly defined. Very specific body parts are what we have been conditioned to believe as right or acceptable or um, valuable or, you know, what counts in the bedroom. And that it just doesn't work for us because we have so much more capacity and our needs are very different than what is portrayed in sex scenes. So we often thrive in a much slower and softer environment. I've uh, been able to explore a lot more micro movements in my sexual experiences. I love this poem by Rumi. He says, you are not a drop in the ocean, you are an entire ocean in a drop. And I often think about that as being highly sensitive, that I am an entire ocean in a drop. And the drop being just something small and slow and intentional and micro and simple. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, Gosh, can I even find one example? So the way I usually explore in the sexual experience is I just have an idea. I trust my intuition and I go with either 
being touched in a certain way or touching my husband in a certain way. So let's say it's a day where I just don't feel like being touched. I have a highly sensitive nervous system and depending on what I'm going on, what's going on in my life, if I'm on my period or if I just haven't gotten a great sleep or things are just feeling overwhelming in my life, I don't usually want a big rub down. <laughs> uh, actually, I never want a big rub down. So why don't I even say that? <laughs> so let's say I ask my partner to lay on the bed and I sit cross-legged next to him. Sometimes I'll put a some music on and I'll just follow my intuition. Maybe I'm really drawn to his chest, let's say. He doesn't have a lot of chest hair. I'm just giving you the lay of the land here. <laughs> and uh, So I'll, maybe I'll place my hands on his chest and close my eyes and just feel the warmth and sensation coming and radiating from his body. And I may notice that maybe my fingertips are touching a certain part, maybe closer to his nipple where it's a little bit less hairy and a little smoother. And maybe I'll just take my one little finger and do some circles, not worrying too much about you know, is this for him? This is really me exploring my sensations through the pad of my finger. And just over over time and with um, some of the other environmental things that I'll be talking about in a second, I can experience amazing pleasure uh, just through the exploration of my my finger going in circles on his smooth skin. And you know, when I'm explaining this, it may seem like a lot of pressure. Oh my gosh, you need to make your body work to that degree that you could experience sort of lightning bolts <laughs> with this. Um, not all the time this happens. I just want to give a real clear example that this is a possibility for you to have micro movements bring tremendous amounts of pleasure to you if you are given the freedom to explore non-traditional, non-media sex formula experiences. So um, so other sort of non-traditional things I've explored and enjoy, and I'm constantly learning and being curious. I, th I think this is a never-ending opportunity for experimentation. I have five senses. I have my whole body. Uh, it's not just my body that I can experiment with. It's my my thoughts, it's my soul, it's my emotions, it's the words I use. So uh, I've explored and enjoyed humming in different frequencies and seeing how that feels in my body. Not that this would be a goal at all, but it is interesting to know that sometimes when I hum a certain frequency, I can feel it in my um my clitoris or my vulva. And it's just really, it's just fascinating. I, I think that, you know, a highly sensitive body is just incredible. It's just incredible. Um, so humming, different sort of rhythmical or repetitive movements, rocking or stroking, say my husband's arm over and over and over again, or even having him uh, touch my body in a very specific way, just over and over with a real steady, slow rhythm. I have tried 
singing with my husband. We're not singers, but uh, maybe maybe a song that I find particularly enjoyable. I've had him sing to me. I've experimented with bringing spiritual ideas or concepts into the bedroom, including praying, uh, you know, a favorite prayer, bringing in meditation music, the, experimenting with different frequencies of music. I would love to have like a sound bath with singing bowls and oh, that would just be incredible. Um, sometimes hearing phrases for my husband to repeat over and over again. I really love it when he says my name, Jana. So I have definitely had him repeat my name over and over and over and over again. Or maybe there's a phrase that I'm just finding particularly delightful, like you are a good mom, or I'm so proud of you. Uh, that That's also completely okay in a sexual experience. I am a a whole complete woman, you know, in all my different roles. I've had my husband talk. He has a, a deep voice and listen to his chest. I've listened to his heartbeat. Um, yeah, just even just like all the exploration of his body. The other day I was exploring his body just with my hands and noticing the different areas of his body that were warmer. And it didn't really make sense. Like his forearm was warmer than his crease of his elbow. It was just really cool to go and do that. Um, gosh, I could go on and on. I've uh, explored sort of moving energy around. I don't know much about that. And I don't think I need to know much about it. I just experiment and see how it feels. Uh, different sensations, different soft places. Yeah, just really incredible. Oh, like I like uh heavy pressure. So having him put his the weight of his body on me or experimenting with bringing in weighted blankets or like, uh, you know, those heat packs that you can microwave in the oven and make it warm. I've experimented with using those on different parts of my body, including my vulva. And once even I put one of those heavy weighted um, packs on my vulva and then I just tapped it. And that was just really delightful. Why Why did I stop doing that? I need to do that again. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, there's just, there's just really an unlimited uh, option when you uh, give yourself the freedom to explore non-traditional, non-media sex formula experiences. One thing to watch out for is if you are pushing, I guess the, the flip side is there's consequences to pushing for these sort of faster, harder, penetrative, uh, you know, sex things. And a big one is overstimulation. And I've also found that the drive and pressure to have an orgasm can just not be great for highly sensitive people. Many times I consciously decide that I don't want an orgasm because sometimes afterwards I'm I feel like a wet noodle and there's just so much energy that goes through my body when I have one that I yeah that sometimes I feel like well it was good a good couple of seconds of vaginal contractions <laughs> um it didn't leave me feeling good afterwards didn't leave me feeling satisfied or kind of leave me with that creative force that I really enjoy afterwards. Usually, not usually, sometimes I am left feeling just really sapped of energy. 
And so again, like we're told that you have to have an orgasm for it to count and for it to work. And I think, no, <laughs> it does no, it doesn't work like that. We're going for learning about what it feels pleasurable in our bodies. And when we're learning how to do that, it's usually slightly more positive than neutral. It's not fireworks. It takes time to develop the capacities that I'm talking about here. I, I've been working at this for years. So in the beginning, uh, I actually decided to stop using vibrators because while they were very effective for me to have an orgasm, I was often left really just buzzy and overstimulated. And I would even feel sort of achy afterwards. So I decided to not use vibrators. I don't use them anymore. Not that I don't think you should use them. Just listen to your body. I want you to trust your intuition and see what's going to work. I think they're great for a period of time or for using it in certain situations. For myself, I used one for years to, in order to have a, a orgasm, I didn't know how to have one without one. Not that that was bad at all. It's just kind of like you want to use an electric toothbrush or a manual toothbrush. I prefer not to use a manual toothbrush either. <laughs> Sorry, an electric toothbrush. I opt for a manual one. So yeah, it took some time while I was learning how it worked with my fingers and things that were a lot slower and to develop those sensations like I've talked about Um I even have learned that the small of my back is very connected to my clitoris and I can have waves of intense pleasure if my husband touches a very specific part of my body when I'm ready, when I'm talking about it, you know, it's not like a button, but when I'm directing him, then uh, yeah, I can have very orgasmic experiences that way. And again, it did take me some time after using vibrators to experience that. So freedom to explore non-traditional, non-media sex formula experiences. The second one is to the freedom to make adjustments. And this can get tricky if you're, if you're worried about hurting your husband's feelings or having to face his defensiveness or maybe even consequences like him emotionally withdrawing if you do make requests. And this is something that I think is a non-negotiable for all women and highly sensitive people in particular. If you're going to be having sex with a partner, you need the safety and freedom to make requests and a lot of them because your body is just going to require that. And also, it's about you giving yourself permission to make as many adjustments and, and requests as you need. Growing up highly sensitive, my guess is that you were told a lot of times that you were too sensitive and that this trait of yours was not seen as a good thing in your life. It was seen as a weakness, um, an annoyance to other people. And it's really such a shame, really. So yeah, so giving yourself that permission to make those adjustments and adjustments could include the temperature of the room, the clothing that you're wearing or your partner is wearing, the fabric, um, the, the sheets that you're in, the cleanliness of the room, the cleanliness of your bodies, breath, <laughs> you know, like making sure that you're brushing your teeth and everyone's nice and clean, smells that you enjoy. If your husband has a deodorant that makes you want to gag, then probably him wearing it is not going to be a great idea in the sexual experience. 
I ask my husband to make sure he's she's shaved. I find stubble to be very difficult on my skin. Other things are, you know, do you want to keep the blinds open if you can? Do you want natural light? Do you want a little lamp nearby? Do you want candlelight? Do you want the full light on? Um, Do you want darkness? You're allowed to have whatever you need to feel comfortable. And you're also allowed to make adjustments as you go along. So you may decide, okay, I think I'm going to be in a tank top and underwear and he's going to be in his boxers. We're going to have a light sheet on us. I've tidied up the room, taken out anything that I find not very uh, pleasant. (laughs) I've drawn the curtains a certain way. Okay, we climb into bed and we're enjoying each other. And then, um, I need to make an adjustment. I need to take off some clothes or I need to put on some clothes or I need need a duvet cover. I I need a heat pack. I need to turn on the AC depending on where you live in the world. I'm I'm constantly thinking about heat because I live in Canada and I live on the West Coast of Canada. So it's always that damp, terrible coldness. Um, But yeah. Okay, so yeah, um, smells, cleanliness, um, safety, so locks on the door if you're concerned about your kids' needs and that's something that you're going to you know, need to take care of or make a request of your husband. Don't forget water and food. Highly sensitive people can be very um, sensitive <laughs> to low blood sugar. Uh, or dehydration. I know I get heart palpitations when I'm dehydrated. We get a whole whack of physical symptoms. If you go to your doctor, they just look at you like, what? Like I tasted my COVID vaccinations both times in my mouth. So um, I had to take a cream in my vagina for a little bit there and I tasted the cream in my mouth. So <laughs> you, we just get so many different things and you know, folks will just look at us like, we're just making it up, but we're not. It's amazing the bodies we live in. So, so yeah, just the freedom to make adjustments. Um, If you don't like saliva or other bodily fluids like your husband's cum or anything to do with that, you can adjust for that. So in our relationship, my husband uses condoms and I mean, we're very much out not wanting any more children. Our kids are 13 and 14 right now and we are done. Um, so, you know, we've, we've talked about getting uh, him getting a vasectomy. Uh, I'm certainly not going to be taking any birth control. That's another thing. <laughs> Highly sensitive people should not, should be very careful about the medication they're taking and the dosages. So I learned that the hard way being on birth control for three years and having major de- depressive episodes because of that. <laughs> That's just sort of a side note there. Um, But actually, I think a big reason why I still want him to use condoms is because I just do not like uh, cum inside of me. I just don't like it. Ejaculate? What word should we use? Semen? (laughs) Um, I just, yeah, I'm not, I, no, thank you. So, um, and I don't like it in my hands and I don't like it in my mouth. So if I am touching his penis, for example, and he does have an orgasm, I will sort of move away when he's close and he will catch all of his fluids from his body. If I do end up touching it, I'm, I, I am really grossed out and I don't need to hide that. It's not, and it's not about him. This is about my body. And so I'll quickly go and wash everything off. 
Hmm. Talking about condoms, that's, uh, you know, anything that's going in your vagina or in your, you know, outside on your vulva, you want to be really aware of. Um, Look at ingredients of lube. Something that really annoyed me was the brand of condoms we use used to put cologne on the condoms. (laughs) We use uh, oil-based lube. And so we had to use a a specific uh, type of condom because oil can break down latex. That was really frustrating, but they have since corrected it. Thank goodness. But that was really, thankfully, it didn't uh, affect my body, but it certainly could have. It certainly affected my my nose, my smelling sense. Uh, talking, uh, going back to lube, yeah, just make sure, you know, usually highly sensitive people just do much better with more natural products. And so I actually had a local woman, um, like, um, help me out. And she has a, like, a, uh, oh gosh, my brain just stopped working. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a highly sensitive person and you've been doing a podcast episode all by yourself and having to think of everything for however long this has been. Um, anyways, she has a natural product line. There we go. And we work together to come up with a natural-based lube, which I use now. And it's sort of a combination of jojoba oil, shea butter, some essential oils, and that sort of thing. All right, so... Uh, I think, you know, I think that that's good enough. So the, just you need the freedom to make adjustments. And the last one is that you need the freedom to reset whenever you need. The sexual experience can just be quite overwhelming, even if you set it up, even if you have lots of safety to make adjustments and your husband's right on board with creating an environment that is conducive to your pleasure and enjoyment. Um, You will definitely have moments where you get overstimulated, you get triggered, or you just become exhausted. Even good things can be exhausting for us sometimes. Sometimes I'll have a very intense moment and I'll be right in it and I'll just be (laughs) in my mind sort of, I don't know, going through the cosmos (laughs) and then I'll be done. I'll be done. So it's really great to have a reset position that you talk about beforehand and you explain this to your partner. So our reset position is just I lay down, I put my head on his shoulders and I just breathe. I usually put my hand on his chest to sort of reconnect to his rhythm and my rhythm. Sometimes I just need a break. I'll roll right over and I don't want to touch him in that moment. So yeah, that's a good thing to talk to your partner about beforehand. Okay, well, I'm feeling like I just want to end this now. How long have we been going on for? 30 minutes. That's long enough. (laughs) Um, I could talk forever. And and if you'd like more, um, I can certainly talk more about being highly sensitive I've spent a long time figuring, trying to figure this out for myself. I cannot say that I have gotten the balance. I don't know if I ever can living in this fast paced culture and, and then also having sort of um, being a very um, driven, ambitious person as well. So yeah, I, I frequently ask myself, how can I how can I respect my high sensitivity trait more? How can I accommodate for myself more? 
and uh, I don't think I'll ever arrive. So I'll offer that to you because sometimes we can lean in the perfectionist, <laughs> you know, department. Um, so if you are highly sensitive, I hope that this has brought you a lot of validation and some practical ideas about how you can create an environment in your bedroom that is conducive to your pleasure and provides you an opportunity to really explore your quite incredible abilities for a sensual and connecting and meaningful uh, connection in the bedroom with your husband. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love to hear from you. As I mentioned in the beginning, I don't get a lot of emails directly after people have listened to it. If you do receive my emails, you know that I'm always asking you a little questions because um, it's just like a email deliverability thing. If I get responses, it does help combat the spam filters that I am constantly under with the topic of sex. Um, but if you've enjoyed this episode, I know it does take some effort to go to your email and type in janajentonhouse.com, but I really appreciate it. I actually received a sweet email from somebody that I want to read out. She said, hi, Jana, I just wanted to send you an email to thank you for coming into my world. I haven't really engaged with your emails and haven't signed up for your program, but for me right now, your podcast is everything. I've lost count of the number of times I burst into tears whilst listening on my walk as so much of what you say hits home. Actually, 99% of what you talk about feels like a direct reflection of my married life. I wonder if she's going to feel the same way about this episode. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you and hopefully I will introduce myself personally when I finally get around to putting my big girl pants on and joining the program. Keep on shining your light bright for the rest of us following behind you. I cannot wait until you join Wanting It More and I get to know you and really support you further on your journey. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you in the next one. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.